Okay, so uh, this entire fall, we have been journeying through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, George Goldman, who is usually in here teaching with me, Professor at Lipscomb, he is away with family this weekend, and so you're, you just have me, everybody. So there you go. Uh, so we are ending, ending this time together, and we have this last little bit of the sermon of, uh, of this of this wonderful teaching that we have that we've been uh, chatting about, <coughs> and. You know, I was reading uh, some different commentaries earlier this week, and I think the one thing that we have to remember in our interaction and in our reading and studying of the Sermon on the Mount is that, like, these are teachings from Jesus. I think we really have to land heavy-handedly on, like, when we're discussing and when we're kind of like, shaping our lives and shaping kind of like what our spirituality and our faith look like. Like, we, these are things that Jesus said, right? And oftentimes our churches get wrapped up in other things that are wonderful and helpful and great and beneficial in the Bible, but here we've been journeying like, what does it look like to actually try to live out like, the actual teachings that Jesus actually said. Because when you go back, and if you and if you've just joined us, or or if you only been in and out, I encourage you to like over this Christmas season, like sit down with the Sermon on the Mount because it's rather challenging. It's downright bothersome in places. And I think we have to really sit with those moments and see why is this bothering me the way that, that it is? Why do I, why have I not really tried to bring that to life in my own life in a particular way? And so that's my encouragement. That's been my encouragement for this whole, that's been the reason for this is that let's actually look at what Jesus actually said. And let's actually like take our time talking and walking through it. And I think we've had some really good conversation. So uh, what we'll do is that we're going to read uh, this last little bit, and then, and then we'll uh, see where our conversation takes us. So we have here, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous, ravenous wolves. You know them by their fruits. Are the grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruits is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. I don't think Jesus is talking about agriculture here. <laughs> Who's the same? So, uh, 
let's just kind of walk through this last little bit piece by piece. So we have a we have a good little amount. So take this passage and the kind of thing that we've we've often like to talk about is when you have heard this passage in your upbringing, what have what have what has been said about it? How have you interacted with it? What have been your thoughts about it? So turn to the person next to you and talk about this particular passage and how how your faith journey in life is kind of what, what has been said about this particular passage. So talk for a minute and then we'll get to Okay, let's talk about trees and fruits. We'll start with this group more where So, three Musketeers, what you guys talk about? I had always heard the, the teaching of it, uh, specifically about church leaders in you know, a number of different contexts, one being you know, know who you're following, you know, the extreme being if you know, you're following a cult leader, you're headed towards destruction, but you know, if it's thriving, then you'll know it. Um, and then simultaneously, as a, as a leader, um, you know, it's, a, it's a warning that if you're not doing the right thing, Uh, it is interesting uh, how the, the so all, most all of the not all of the major acts of violence and terrorist and 
things that have happened in our, in our in the history of of the world, how much of it is wrapped up in this is what I was told or what I think that God is telling me to do. Which is just it's 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 wild to think about. When you really said to think about like someone sincerely thought they were doing the good work of God. Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. Everyone. Everyone. And that could be, you know, keeping the earth green forever. It could be your basketball team. It could be whatever. Be God. And um, so that, and that, that's the way I think of That's the way I sort of explain it to myself is that's like the highest you're gonna, if you're gonna lose your life, if you're gonna do something dramatic, you know, a belief in God is a higher order purpose than most people would consider, you know, the New York Knicks or whatever. And uh, but it also, that's where a lot of the greatest things have come from. Oh, absolutely. You know, almost all of our hospitals ended up with a hospital thing, and just thing after thing. Oh yeah. But, but it does go extreme both ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, you, you almost, it's like you can't only talk about one. You have to talk about both, both sides of that. Like there's been wonderful, good things. There's been good fruit, but there also is bad fruit. Okay, over here. Well, Jess and I both kind of shared in our upbringing, at least the first thing that comes to mind is using that first statement about wolves and sheep's, sheep's clothing as like this kind of generic um, like kind of lazy response to anyone who disagrees with you and it's it comes from this place of like well I, what I believe is true so if your belief is mutually exclusive then, well you must be a false prophet and I'm not um, and just I don't know that's the first thing that comes to mind I don't think that was used a lot um, where I grew up but also we we had a lot of good discussion on uh, just the fruit side of it. And I hadn't thought about fruit even in the context of converts, but that's another thing that was very much like the default interpretation of this in my upbringing. It's like bearing it's fruit. In water. Bearing fruit is how many people you've converted, not the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. I think, and I honestly kind of ironic that we're in this class. This is something that spiritually I have wrestled with for so long and continue to. Um, this entire like entering the kingdom because it's all tied together talking about yeah, the narrow gate exactly. um, the true prophets the real sheep versus the false sheep and then it goes into not everyone who says to me Lord, Lord and we've done all the things all the things but yet you don't know me and so constantly I feel like in a world where there is there are so many different belief systems and not even just I mean I'm not even talking I'm talking about Christianity like there's so many different things um, discernment and wisdom are in, in, like just of the most importance trying to figure out at what level false prophets exist because you know this side of heaven none of us are going to have it all figured out <laughs> and for a type A anxious personality like, you know that's, that's hard so I wrestle with like you know if anyone who has an incorrect view on things or whatever I'm a false prophet so at what point do we draw the line of like this is 
because there are some things that clearly are different interpretations depending on who you speak with. And then I think of all the different types of fruit out there. There are lots of different types of fruit. So it's just, but then we also know that the gate is narrow. So like there has to be a point in which things, obedience clearly is important. So where do we draw that line? And that's something that I honestly, like I just pray that the Lord <laughs> leads me because this, this really makes me anxious and uncomfortable to think about that because I just want everybody to get, I don't want to get there. I know what everybody builds too as well, but I know that it's hard to differentiate and especially growing up in like a legalistic type, not my parents, but like that community, like that permeates really, really deeply within me. So, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. No, that's um, good. Uh, Yeah, I, I uh, what's tough about especially this last this last bit of the sermon that we read is that and, and I would say that not to like let you off the hook in some ways, but to give you some 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 grace there is that we all want it we all want things to be black and white. It is much easier if everything is black and white, and if I have the right answer, and there's a wrong answer, I know how to get the right answer, and it's perfect. That's what we want. No matter who, that is why um, some of some Christian movements and denominations are popular with people, because some streams of Christianity gives you the answers. So they say, right? Here is the answer. Here's the book, chapter, and verse. This will answer. There's no mystery. We've got it all figured out. And what we know is that, like you were saying, rarely do we think we are on the wrong side. Like if you if you were to believe in predestination, I've never met someone who believes in predestination who says they aren't predestined. <laughs> I'll believe in the predestination version that says, I'm not predestined, but I'm still showing up to this thing. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I've never met them. Ironically enough, right? So, yeah, it's tough. It's really, really tough because we don't like the mystery and we, and all we can do is like, okay, I'm going to do I'm going to do what I can do with the power that, with the Spirit of God that's within me to bear this good fruit as best I know how to. And either I believe in this God that is gracious and is going to and say, okay, look, you, you, you did it. Like, you were, you were doing what you could with, with, with what you had to, to honor me. And I, don't, I have no idea. And I would be lying if I said, I've got to figure If I can figure out the mind of God, don't trust, don't trust that. I'm a human just like you. Like, I have, a, I, have a, I have a bandwidth capacity like everyone else in this room. We cannot understand that. We can read what Jesus has said. We can see how God has interacted with his people. But just because I've seen how he interacted with those people doesn't mean like I have figured him out. This isn't like a, 
this isn't a Netflix series where I get to, where I'm on the other side of it, and I get to figure out, like, oh, I know how this guy's going. What? That, to me, is making God into your own image, and I'm not here for that. Uh, let's keep going. Not everyone, as you mentioned, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones, only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished by at his teachings, for he had taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. So, the thing I want us to talk about with your, with your folks now is, I'm interested in this, in this uh, line that says, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. When you think about that phrase, does the will of my Father, I want to know what, what things come to mind. Okay? So that's one question. And then uh, the other one, of course, I would love to hear as you are growing in your, in your ages in this room, what now do you make of this classic BBS song <laughs> in light of what you know. Because here's what we know at this ending passage that you all, at least I'm assuming most of you in here, have read the Sermon on the Mount at some, at some point in your life. So what it feels like is it said, okay, you, I've, I've said what I said. And so this may take a little more time, but Look through, as we're kind of ending this time, look through the Sermon on the Mount and say, okay, well, where are the, the portions of this thing that I'm still wrestling with? And what are the, what are the portions that I feel like I'm, I'm making some strides? I feel like I'm gaining some traction. Because I'm trying to build my house, my house on rock and not on sand. So what do you make of the will of my, of my father? And what do you make of building your house on the rock and on the sand or versus the sand? Kind of, if you feel like you need to, flip through your Bibles or scroll through your Bibles and, and uh, yeah, kind of give an assessment of where, where you land. Don't give yourself a prayer, but say, hey, here's where I'm, 
I'm prayerful as I move into. Again, I love this. I love that we've done this thing in the fall because as we're moving into this next year, this new decade, we have some a few more weeks to prayerfully discern how might my life look different in 2020 in this new decade as I'm attempting to continually build my house on rock and not and not uh, unconsciously building my house on sand. Because I think with one, I would perceive that is a conscious effort. I'm consciously choosing to do certain things, to move in certain directions that will help myself build some good foundations. And sometimes I unconsciously move through life, and that's where I end up in spaces and places and things and interactions that maybe I ought not to find myself, which might end up being that I am starting to build Hopefully that makes sense. Talk for a minute, and then we'll go back around the bend and see where we think. See how we go. There we go.
how we look at society, how we look at our understanding of it. Like the, and even talked at the end that a lot of times, like as a kid, you hear these as extremes. You have the rock and you have the sand. Right. But as you get older and you become more wise and you become more mature, more, you better understand that there's more gray areas. It's not always as simple as this is the rock and this is the sand. It's just kind of walking through.
over time. That's the key here, right? The sand versus the rock is about over time. That house that was built on the sand, I'll bet it looked fantastic when it was built. Looked just like the house built on the rock. But over time, the winds come. Over time, life happens. And how do you, how do you, you know, what she was saying, how do you get back to that rock? How do you, how do you access that strong center to get you to the rock? Um, we really wrestled with um, the first half. We didn't even get to the BBS song. <laughs> but, uh, that's okay. That's good. We want to. We will later. We will later. Um, so we were kind of, it's hard to really answer that question or, or get specific with just this verse on what is the will of the Lord. Father, um, and what about this other uh, example falls short of that? But a couple things that we observed were, on one hand, if there, this not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, and we have the example, many will say they prophesied in your name, cast out demons, works. One element that stood out to us was those are works, and just. There may be something to that emphasis of look what we did and the fact the fact that you can't earn your salvation and you're not saved by your works and maybe there's like some fundamental um, failing there that it doesn't really matter what you did um, and then the other part was just that it seems like in order for this to because we we talked about how like we can look at what the will of the Lord is. But we know we aren't going to be able to fully meet that um, that standard. We aren't going to be able to to be truly Christ-like in a perfect sense. But maybe it's the degree of submission. Like it, another thing that stood out to us in this section, um, you know, many of you will have done all these things, but I will say, depart from you. I never knew you. Um, and God will like. You know, we're not going to be perfect either, but what might be different is that we're not trying to, we're not really looking at these works we did. It's it's not a partial, like, I'm, I'm doing these things. It has to be a absolute and total, like, submission and reliance. I don't know. I'm, that's about the best I can do. I'm regurgitating that. That's good. Felt like we were getting somewhere. You were getting somewhere. But, uh, but yeah, that's as far as we go. This is good. Well, my, my parting words to you is, um, you know, I, I think about, uh, when, I, when I think about this verse and building a house on a rock and a verse of sand, is that I would even say that some of the houses that are built with primarily rock have a little bit of sand in them. I've been on construction sites, I've been in houses that have been built on great foundations, and they're always a little bit, got a little bit of everything. And it's not for us to say that we should, like, willingly put the sand in there. The sand's just going to come, right? We're, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to choose forward sometimes. But... 
look at the life and teachings of Jesus, he's, he's never been one to try to guilt us into anything. But he still wants to say something hard to us, especially those who find ourselves deep within the system. But those were sometimes his hardest teachings with those who were deep within the system, which, we, which all of us are, because here we say it. So my encouragement is not find yourself going back to old patterns of black and white and legalism, but to have grace for yourself, but to still challenge and push yourself, but have grace in the challenging and the pushing and the striving. Um, know that God is on our on our side, and God is with us, and God is for us. But even in your forness and with this with your own family and friends, you want them to strive to do more and to continue to grow. So this is a process. And this is a struggle. But we are here in this space together. And that's one of the many reasons why we show up here, I would hope, is to encourage and love, but also challenge one another. So you can run with your analogy a little further. Sand is put into concrete and taken in yeah. any road. So, yeah. And it's a good thing. You get too much of it and it gets it's shifty right. and disrupted. It can be a good thing in the process of making it out. And look at all the wonderful people who made up the Bible. They got some sand up in their lives. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So we're in good company. So may you have a wonderful Christmas season full of joy and laughter and prayer and celebration. And I hope to see you all in the next year and the new decade when we continue to do this thing. So thanks so much. Go in peace. Have some donuts before you go. <laughs>